Welcome to All About Art. My name is Alexandra, and I'm an art historian, curator, and writer. Within this podcast, topics relating to art history, cultural policy, the art sector, as well as a large range of other art-related topics will be covered. Conducting critical discussions, having entertaining exchanges, or just enjoying some relaxing chats? All About Art is where you'll find it all. Join me in exploring and developing cultural discourse. This episode is in collaboration with Art Pow Her Contemporary, a collaborative art project initiative that places focus on female-identifying and non-binary creatives in the arts. The CEO, Anna Morass, founded Art Pow Her with the aim of raising awareness about gender stereotypes and gender inequality while inspiring change through creativity and collaborations. In this episode, I chat to Ishita Chakraborty, an artist and poet born in West Bengal, India. We chat about her artwork and her professional experiences. We also talk about her sculptural works as well as her poetry, and we do this within the context of her most recent solo exhibition with Art Pow Her Contemporary at Volta Art Fair in Basel, Switzerland. Her practice investigates the themes of migration, displacement, trauma of colonialism, as well as the importance of oral histories, language, and identities. Ishita is the recipient of several grants and awards, including the Credit Suisse Förderpreis in Switzerland for 2021, and has been invited as a guest for the upcoming annual exhibition in Agawa Kunsthaus, Arau, in Switzerland for 2022. Thank you, Ishita, for coming on the podcast and to Art Power Contemporary for the collaboration. Before I dive in, I wanted to let you lovely listeners know that All About Art is on Patreon. So if you want some behind the scenes content, maybe a bit of merch, the chance to get one-on-ones with me and my guests, or you're simply wanting to support this project, I would be absolutely thrilled if you decided to sign up. You can do so through the link in the show notes. I also wanted to say thank you to those who have already signed up. Your support means the world, and it makes the further production, improvement, and growth of the podcast possible. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. And now, on to the interview. Hi, Ishita. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I wanted to ask you if you could start off by just telling me a little bit about yourself. You studied fine art in Kolkata, India, as well as in Zurich, Switzerland. How did those two degrees influence you in your career as an artist? So, yeah, I have two degrees, one from Kolkata, India, and another from Zurich. And uh, I think with these two degrees, and one helps me to integrate in the Swiss world, in the Swiss art world, and then another one Definitely, uh, when I studied in Kolkata, we had to study the Western art, and and that was very special as well. So, yeah, Um, it's quite interesting. That's very intriguing. So you said something about integrating yourself into the art world in Switzerland. And I guess we're going to touch on that a little bit later. I will ask you a little bit more about that background. But you were also a professor in fine art in India. And did that experience lead to developments in your practice as well? Uh, well, I was assistant professor. And yeah, I, I would say teaching helped a lot 
you know, you learn a lot doing projects with your students or you come up with an idea and, and, and they have another idea. So it's learning from each other and definitely it helped, helped me to, you know, focus in my art practice because uh, I have different inputs. Um, I prepare my, I used to prepare myself for, um, you know, every session and yeah, it was, it was really enriching for me to go back and forth and also to push my limits sometimes to to question uh, my own practice and then to share my practice also with the students because there was not a big age difference between us. You know, I was the youngest teacher in school. Yeah, it was very enriching and, and inspiring for me. I love that. And I love, I love hearing that. That's inspiring to listen to. And it is definitely something that I think resonates with listeners as well, especially listeners who understand the importance of having someone to bounce ideas off of in the arts and having inspiring professors and people within universities that we feel that we can go to. I think that it's incredibly important. So this episode is coinciding with your solo exhibition titled, Can You Divide the Sky? with Art Powher Contemporary at the Volta Art Fair in Basel. You are showing a sculptural installation as well as poems and drawings. And so I really wanted to start with talking about the sculptural installation. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Anna and I decided to have this solo project together in Volta about the sculpture installation. So, uh, you know, I born and brought up in India. And I'm here from the last three and a half years in Switzerland. Okay, all together will be four years soon. So I used to go to the German school, German course, to learn a little bit of German. And then in the street, you hear Swiss German. It's not an um, easy world to integrate. And there I get to know a lot of many, you know, immigrants and refugees. Um, and it was a completely different world for me. I don't know. I felt much more close to the people and much more visible. When I came here, I was also struggling to integrate like many others, uh, many other immigrants and refugees. So, yeah, you know, by choosing different art and the firing process, so the mushrooms of different colors are created. And these different hues, they represent for me the different human skin tones. You know, they give me a sense of diversity among people and just the natural ecosystem and the human ecosystem. So I find this work somehow helps me to understand or to bridge in between these two, two worlds. And I say the uh, culture derives from nature. And the other thing was, you know, the European classification of, of cultural differences such as skin color or hair texture was not only important in the past, but it's still relevant, relevant today. For me, I also say that it is an attempt to make the others visible in this um, Eurocentric society. So that was the idea behind. And then I thought it could be interesting to open the door to the people so they can experience we can share um, maybe a, a meal together. We can tell each other stories and we can also build the mushrooms together. I, I must say that my workshops are not meant for um, the production of mushrooms, but rather I would say they're for 
for sharing uh, a common ground. I'm listening to you and I'm just absolutely enthralled by the story and the background behind this work. And I think that it's just phenomenal and so layered and so there's so many different meanings that come into what you're creating. And I would absolutely adore seeing this work and just to kind of talk about what someone would see when they see that installation. I know you haven't installed it yet at this present moment when we're speaking, but when this episode is going to be published, it's going to be ready to view at the Volta Art Fair. If we would describe it to people listening, would you mind describing the sculptures, the mushrooms and the sizes and and maybe the placement a little bit and how that feels? Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting question. Sometimes it's difficult for an artist to give a uh, clear answer. But yeah, the mushrooms are very tiny little mushrooms, you know. So what? How I place? I place them like like you are walking in the forest, and suddenly you discover there is a community of uh, mushrooms. As I said earlier, they represent also the the natural ecosystem and the human ecosystem. You see suddenly um, a group of uh, brown mushrooms together, sometimes black mushrooms together. Sometimes it's a mix of black and brown and beige and orange. Uh, so, you know, it's a, a tour in this mushroom garden just experience the diversity. When it comes to the colors of the mushrooms, you base it off of the diversity of human skin color or are there also neon orange mushrooms as well? Or does it stay within the realm of colors found in nature? Oh, well, there is no um, artificial color, no neon, no bright green. It's very close to the human skin. Diversity is beautiful. And that's why we have different sort of linguistically food, uh, culture. It's more about celebrating our our. Um, human self, our diversity. So yeah, I chose to, to keep the mushrooms very close to the human skin tone, very close to our body, our skin. Yeah, as you were saying earlier, reflecting these natural ecosystems as well as the human ecosystems. You also work across mediums. And one of them is poetry. And that's something that I kind of touched on earlier when talking about your artistic practice. So could you tell me a little bit more about that? And I wanted to ask you, how do you oscillate between physical works and poetry? Or do you even see it as an oscillation at all? Well, I don't see it as an oscillation at all. Because I cannot differentiate poetry and physical work. It's very well integrated in my art practice. I uh, Often I start a piece from writing a poem and then slowly or gradually I think of a visual. The poetry is the soul and the visual works, I mean, if I speak the physical works, um, so it's like the soul and the body, you cannot really detach. It's always attached. I would adore it if you could read a poem or part of one, maybe also one that is being exhibited, if you can. Yeah, I'm going to read a poem I wrote, um, I would say actually during the COVID. I just would like to say two sentences about this poem. The name of the poem is uh, Walking More Than 
500 kilometers. So during the COVID situation in India was um, really traumatic. There was a moment when all the migrant laborers, they had to go back to their villages or to their homes. And um, it was a catastrophe. And I was sitting here in Switzerland and watching the news in television. It was quite hard for me to see this, this heart-wrenching situation of the people. And I decided to, to come up with this poem. So I'm reading it. Walking more than 500 kilometers. The march is walking more than 500 kilometers. Hyphen in people's voices, hand in hand, in between the polislati. The country we born, clouded by the dark politics, gray, without sun for four months. We're growing like fungi over the dead bodies. More than 500 miles border waiting with a large-scale detention center. Home is where the leftovers are, just beneath the single foot, more than 500 kilometers. March is walking. Thank you. That was absolutely marvelous and very, very powerful. As I said, as I cannot detach politics from my life, I cannot detach poetry from my life. Moving into the topic of your career a little bit, was there a point in your life when you knew that you wanted to be an artist? And how did you go about approaching that career path since that realization? Yeah, thank you for this question, because uh, just today morning I was telling my partner that, you know, when I was in high school, I think... um, in our class, I was the only one uh, in our, before our summer holidays, you know, when we had a get together with the teachers and the students together. And I remember I used to raise my hand and say, I want to be an artist. <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I knew I want to be. I want to come back to the specific exhibition at Volta and I wanted to ask you, what sort of preparation goes into putting something like this together? And what were the challenges in shaping this installation, maybe together with Anna Morass? I know that she spoke to me about how you guys very much worked together in speaking about putting, putting the show on. It's quite enriching for me to work with her, honestly, because she's, she's very open and um, and I think also what we are uh, doing together for Volta is also look it's an it's an art fair but we are building up a nice exhibition. Our motivation is not to put the works um, in a in a container, but more to make it um, accessible to the people, to the public, so they can walk and they can take a tour in in the booth with these mushrooms in this little mushroom garden and there will be some other works which um, you know at the same time they can 
have a look. So we we are really working for this project together. We are doing every little thing together, taking decisions, um, or maybe sometimes she has inputs like, oh, Ishita, I think maybe you can think of this work. Maybe we can integrate in the show. So it's lovely to work together. I appreciate the way she's working with with the art power, which definitely um, gives a voice to the to the to women, to the people of color, binary and beyond. It's it's just also how uh, she thinks that we need to be in a community. So this project, uh, together with Anna, is is, is really. Um, definitely it's interesting for both of us and uh, we're looking forward to, to open the, the show in June. So, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love the act of placing your mushrooms and these these ecosystems within this art market ecosystem of an art fair. I think that it's such an interesting thing to be putting it in that context and bringing your works into that sphere in the sense that, as you say, bring it closer to people in in a way that is still incredibly meaningful. I really do urge anyone listening who can go to the Volta Art Fair to go and see the booth and go and walk through the mushroom garden that Ishita has created in collaboration with Art Power. I think that um, if I could make it, oh, I would. <laughs> and speaking of projects and things that might be going on in the future, do you have anything that you're working on at the moment or upcoming projects that you are excited about and that you are allowed to divulge here with me today? Yeah. So actually I'm working, um, uh, I mean, it's an ongoing project um, there it's a uh, at the moment it's in the public spaces uh, and uh, one can go and sit down to these uh, installations and they can listen to the recordings of uh, you know of the people i, I mean the immigrants and refugees uh, and they have a relationship to the switzerland um they can people can go and experience um and or or hear the songs and the poems and the stories people are narrating. So in my work, you know, it's very important to to bring the oral narratives that uh, often the conventional history is not uh, able to tell. And uh, in this piece, you know, there are a lot of public intervention. Um, people move the installations. They sat down. They make pictures. They're shocked and. This project is an ongoing project. I'm working, and in future, I would like to have a. Um, I'm also building a website where I can launch maybe a radio, or um, if I can make a, uh, an archive of oral narratives so people can go and listen. This all sounds incredibly stimulating, and I really can't wait to see where all of this takes you and how all of this develops because especially how you're looking at language and nature and migration in terms of how you know as you were speaking about the plants and kind of 
uh, relocating from natural habitats into artificial habitats or, or different habitats that they weren't necessarily supposed to grow in in the first place or how we classify them even and then how they flourish or don't or how we use language to, to describe them. I think is really interesting. And one question about your your benches that you were speaking about, how humans can migrate to the different benches, but also how you can possibly turn them into migrating benches. Where, if someone would want to go and experience that artwork, where could could someone find it now? Well, the exhibition was until today, unfortunately. I mean, I had to take permissions, but uh, I have plans to, in future, to, to migrate them again. So I don't, I cannot tell you exactly where, but in, uh, um, I'm also planning to, um, you know, to showcase this work um, in my forthcoming show in Argauer Kunsthaus. Um, I have been invited this year as a guest artist, so I will having a solo project because I want to see what happens in the different settings. Once they're in the public spaces, people have completely different um, reaction. And I also want to see when I put them again in a museum or in a room, how people react to that. So, yeah, in, in November, hopefully... Um, People can uh, experience this work who are in Switzerland to to come and have a look in the in the Kunsthaus, Argauer Kunsthaus. I feel like it's such an interesting discussion on looking at who interacts with different art and how, depending on the surroundings and the circumstances. So how do people interact with art in a more public setting? How do they interact with it in, as you said earlier, maybe in small towns versus large cities? And how do they interact with it when it's in a museum space? And how does that change our perception of a work of art or our experience of a work of art? I really do love that. And so I guess for those who really wish to experience your artwork, to stay tuned and watch your space and making sure to kind of stay up to date because uh, I'm sure that once you get the news on where you can possibly migrate that artwork that you'll be announcing it. But on that note, because I am aware that I have been holding you for quite a while in this episode, I am going to ask my final question. And it's just a bit of a fun one, as I always love to ask my guests something along these lines before we sign off. If you could have dinner with one artist or a poet, I decided to include that as well, um, from history, who would it be and why? Could be living history at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. Um, I would like to go for a dinner with my favorite artist, um, Doris Salcedo, Colombian artist. Um, yeah. And why? What kind of art do they make? Well, her works are very political, also speaks a lot about trauma. Um, uh, you know, about also 
the violence uh, in in Colombia in certain um, areas, and uh, her work is full of empathy. Um, she's such an interesting woman, very very uh, motivating, strong. Like she's like a diva for me, you know. I don't know. I'm a fan girl. I would just like to go for for a dinner with her, and yeah, and I'll be super happy. <laughs> and talk all about art and society and politics and the world. And... Oh no, 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 not at all. You know, um, I, we will speak more about life uh, because art itself um, speaks a lot. Uh, we, we we don't have to again repeat each other but could be interesting to speak about completely something else you know um, yeah yeah absolutely well Ishita that was my very last question so I just have to say thank you so much for sitting down with me and for talking to me about your art about your education and experiences and about the project that you are going to have on with Art Powher at Volta. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Alexandra. It was super lovely speaking to you, having your input and for the podcast, I'm really looking forward. Um, yeah, for Volta at the same time, the, this podcast will be published at the same time. So yeah. I'm super excited. Thank you again. Thank you very much. And that is it for today on All About Art. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating or a review as it helps more people discover the show. Also, feel free to share with your friends or if you share on social media, tag me and get in touch. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>